0: Chapter 17, from the Shokan Bible, of Everett Fox Translation. Chapter 17, Monday of the fourth week of our reading. They moved on, the whole community of the children of Israel, from the wilderness of sin. By their moving stages, at Yahweh's bidding, they encamped at Raphidim, and there was no water, for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moshe. They said, Give us water, that we may drink. Moshe said to them, For what do you quarrel with me? For what do you test Yahweh? The people thirsted for water there. And the people grumbled against Moshe and said, For what reason then did you bring us up from Egypt? To bring death to me, to my children, to my livestock, by thirst? Moshe cried out to Yahweh, saying, What shall I do with this people? A little more, or they will stone me. Yahweh said to Moshe, Proceed before the people. Take some of the elders of Israel with you, and your staff with which you struck the Nile. Take it in your hand, and go. Here, I stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. You are to strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people shall drink. Moshe did this before the eyes of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa, testing, and Marabah quarreling because of the quarreling of the children of Israel, and because of their testing of Yahweh, saying, Is Yahweh among us or not? Amalek came and made war upon Israel in Rephidim. Moshe said to Yahoshua, Choose us men, and go out, make war upon Amalek. On the morrow, I will station myself on top of the hill, with the staff of God in my hand. Yehoshua did as Moshe said to him, to make war against Amalek. Now Moshe, Aharon, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, and it was, whenever Moshe raised his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he set down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Now Moses' hands are heavy. So they took a stone and placed it under him, and he sat down on it, while Haran and her supported his hands, one on this side and one on that side. So his hands remained steadfast until the sun came in. And Yhashua weakened Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword, Yahweh said to Moshe, Write this as a memorial in an account and put it in Yahshua's hearing. Yes, I will wipe out, wipe out the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Moshe built a slaughter site and called its name Yahweh, my banner. He said, Yes, hand on Yah's throne. War for Yahweh against Amalek. Generation after generation. So ends the 17th chapter. Week 4. First day, Monday. Chapter 17. Relief. The next camp, through the wilderness of sin... Is a Rephidim. There's no water. Even worse than the bitter water in the previous oasis. The complaints and the quarrels of the people are escalated just as much. Moses takes this personally, and on behalf of God, milk and honey was not a bribe, a future vision. The complaints seem deaf to Moses' challenge. The source critic claimed that non sequitur comes from changing sources, the people accuse Moses of trying to kill them by bringing them out of Egypt to die of thirst. It's like the chapters before talked about missing the stew pots, and then they got quail and manna. God bails Moses out with another sign with the staff, and he gets water from a rock at Horeb. Not Sinai, but Horeb. The story is anchored once more in verse 7, Massa and Meribah, and the challenge back on the scale of 1 to 3, doubting the presence of God with friends like these. Who needs enemies? The story of Amalek stands apart and introduces a tradition of tribal war with the other, the enemy, not to be messed or mixed with. It also introduces Joshua, His military exploits in the conquest narrative are going to blow the whole thing up, but these traditions provide a pretext for every militaristic and imperialistic exploit in Christendom over hundreds of years, over millennia. We know the problem. Doctrine of discovery, TRC testimony. God promises to blot out the memory of the Amalekites it's generally read as a genocidal commitment, a holy war against another people. It's one thing to fight the Egyptian oppressor to liberate the Hebrew slaves, but war with Amalek is something different. There's no cause or purpose presented. Moses Aaron and her are the political officers, the p r moral guys, later climbed by the northern. Israel prophets, claiming God's support for our people. The ideological the magical role holding the staff up that worked for the plagues, depart to read sea, to get rock, water from a rock at Horeb, now will help against an enemy with us doing some fighting, not just God. Torah names Amalek back in Genesis, couple of times, more notice in Deuteronomy and Numbers. We people of the book are supposed to know these stories as the people that Saul failed to crush tried to make compromises with unsuccessfully. The risk in ages since of racializing Amalek Is qualified in the original scripture because Amalek is a grandson of Esau, redhead brother of Jacob Israel, sons of Isaac. These are cousins. It's tied also to later occupants of Edom on the southern edges of agricultural Canaan, the trade routes toward the Sinai to Africa. These are cousins, not aliens. But here they stand for all the opponents who lie ahead. overlaps with Arabic Ishmaelites, and the Islamic tradition carries the associations further. I don't have any resolution to these moral dilemmas after our people has abused power for so long. Guys like me don't get to make these arguments. Overt violence and covert violence Violence is complex stuff, and we're in the midst of another war between one orthodox communion and another. God knows and hasn't told me. I wish we could read these texts as first listeners did. I wished I had a word today.